morning. Good to see everybody. Are we all good with that title, Dealing with Sin? Okay, let's pray and then we can leave. <laughs> Sometimes there's things that you're like, oh, but I guess that's what happens when you preach through a book, that uh, God just kind of puts that right there and says, all right, look what you get to handle this week. And uh, so hopefully we can handle it and, and be good. And I do pray that you are dealing with your sin, and that you're dealing with it in, in your life, and that you are repentant and uh, striving for holiness. That is what our goal is until we attain that day when either Christ comes and gets us or we go to meet him, when we will no longer battle sin anymore or be in its presence because we will be with Christ so but in the meantime we have to deal with it so uh, let's pray and then open our Bibles to first Timothy father thank you again for this time that we can come and just look into your word Lord and I pray Lord that you would teach us I pray father that we would truly be those who deal with our sin, Lord. Father, that we would confess our sin, knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I thank you for Christ that he has taken the power of sin away and the penalty of sin away, Lord. I thank you that he has fully and faithfully done the work on the cross Father, thank you that we are fully forgiven in him. Just pray now that you would come, Father, and accompany the preaching of your word. Father, please, just be with us now. Amen. Okay, so open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 5, or your phones, or your iPads, or what other, um, I think I got them all, electronical instruments that you may have. I do like to hear the pages turning, so that is that is nice. So, you know, sin is a touchy subject. We have people in our lives that think that their sin's just not that bad. They think they're good people. I don't do bad things, you know. And uh, but they compare themselves, right? I'm not as bad as Hitler, or I'm not as bad as so and so. But frankly, Hitler's not the standard, but Christ is the standard. And so when we deal with sin, not only do we have to deal with sin individually, but as Paul writes to Timothy here, he's writing to this young pastor, and he's going to encourage Timothy how he's to deal with sin within the church when he's dealing with people. Because sometimes as pastors or as elders, however you want to put it, we have to deal with sin. There's people that fall into sin and we are the ones that come alongside and we have to deal with the sin. But let's not forget, in 1 Timothy 3.15, Paul writes this, he says, If I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. This is part of how we are to behave within the household of God. 
if there is unrepentant sin, if there is sin in somebody's life, we must deal with it. Now, this just isn't something for pastors to deal with. We are all called to deal with each other. We are brothers and sisters. That's what, how it works. If Jenny sees that I am in some kind of sin pattern, she is to come to me. If Chad sees that I'm in some kind of sin pattern, Chad should come to me. We are all called to deal with each other, right? This is what, uh, this is what we are told. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 18, 15. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Again, in Luke 17, 3, Jesus says, pay attention to yourselves, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. That's where we are. So this is just not a pastor's deal, but it's all of us and how we all relate to this. Now look at 1 Timothy 5, 1 and, verses 1 and 2. That's what we're going to deal with today because <coughs> next week we'll, we'll deal with like 3 through 16. And I didn't think I could handle 16 verses today by no means so this is what the word of god says do not rebuke an older man but encourage him as you would a father younger men as brothers older women as mothers younger women as sisters in all purity so he's going to talk about how we are to confront sin deal with sin with each other right this is what he's after and we can see this because Timothy had to deal with some tough stuff, didn't he? I mean, so far, think about what Timothy's had to, he's had to deal with. He's had to deal with false teachers. He's had to deal with false doctrine. He's had to deal with women's modesty. He's had to deal with unqualified elders. So he's had to deal with sin. And so likewise, we have to deal with sin. Paul affirms what Jesus says in Galatians 6.1 when he says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... If anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. These are key words. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So the first thing we want to look at is how we deal with this. The rebuke, right? This first one says rebuke. Do not rebuke an older man. Now this word rebuke, this can be translated sharply rebuke right? The Bible tells us that we are to rebuke sin, that the word of God is for rebuke, rebuke, reproof, right? Training in righteousness. So this is sharply rebuke, harshly rebuke. It's what he's talking about. We're to not do that, but we're to encourage, we're to come alongside. It's in the, it's in the same family. This word's in the same family as the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit as the comforter comes and comes alongside. We're to come alongside and we're to appeal to them and to encourage each other. This is what we are to do. This is what we are to do. So how is Timothy to deal with this task, right? How's he to deal with the task? Well, first of all, in 2 Timothy 2.25, he says this, correcting his opponents with gentleness that God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. So when Timothy was to come and rebuke and he was to deal with sin within the church, it was to be with gentleness. Not heavy-handed, 
not totalitarian, not authoritative, but it was to be gentle, not with superiority. Timothy was not to come (coughs) with an attitude that I am better than you. He was not to come with that, but he was to come with gentleness. He is to come with gentleness. And so likewise, brothers and sisters, when we come to each other, we should come with gentleness. We should come with gentleness. So the first thing Paul tells them is how to deal with older men. How to deal with older men. Now this word older men means elder. But it's not elders like dealing with elders. It's dealing with elders, elderly people. Somebody chuckled. I heard it. <laughs> yeah. It's dealing with elderly people, right? So it says, look at verse 5 1. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. So, older, older men, we are to encourage them as fathers. Encourage them as fathers. As, as leaders in the church, and these are brothers and sisters, when we approach an older, an older person, older than us, we are to go to them as if it's like our father. Like I would go to my dad. You know, I'm not going to go to my dad with this superiority attitude if I have to deal with some kind of sin in his life. But I'm going to go to him with respect, with honor. That's how I'm going to go to him. This, listen to what Leviticus 19.32 says. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. And you shall fear God, I am the Lord. There's a respect that we go with when we have to deal with sin with an older man. He has a gray head. A gray head is lifted up in the Bible. It is an honor to have gray hair. Romans 13, 7 says this, Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Again, in Proverbs 16, 31, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. So we keep these things in mind as we approach when we have to deal with sin. This is what he's telling Timothy. Timothy, when you deal with an older man in the congregation, you have to come to him with respect. You have to come to him with honor. His gray hair is a crown of his glory. It is a righteous life that we see. You have to deal with him with, his, with honor. Again, in Proverbs twenty twenty nine, the glory of a young man is their strength, but the splendor of an old man is their gray hair. Splendor is gray hair. There is wisdom that we gain from older men because of their gray hair. They are wise. So when dealing with sin with older men, we have to come to them with respect and encourage them, appeal to them. That is how we are to deal with it. Secondly, he says that we are to deal with young men as brothers. Younger men as brothers. 1 Timothy 5.1 again. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers. Younger men as brothers. As brothers. There's no superiority. There's no superiority here. 
We're brothers. We're sisters. When we're dealing with these things, we're going to come to each other. I'm going to come to you as a brother in Christ. I'm not going to come to you as someone who is high-ranking, that I hold more clout than you do because I got a title of elder or pastor. I'm not coming to you with that. I'm coming to you as a brother in Christ, right? That's what, that's what Matthew 18, 15 said. If a brother sins against you, go and reprove him. You and him, you go as a brother. You have the same Savior. We need to remember that, that when we are dealing with sin, that I need Christ just as much as you do. There's no superiority in this. We must come as brothers. Come to him with love for him. We're not the judge over him. When I read my Bible, I read where Christ is the judge over him. Not me. But when we confront brother to brother, sister to sister, we're to come in love. We're to come in love. And the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that the Israelites were actually forbidden to hate their brother. And we can see that. I've seen it before. I remember talking to a guy, man, this was years ago. And he wouldn't come to the church we were going to because he hated a guy that was at the church. We shouldn't have hate for one another in our hearts. And sometimes it's hard, isn't it? Because we get hurt, we get burned, we don't understand things. And so hate can easily come in, bitterness can come in. Those things, but we're not to do that. It was forbidden. It was forbidden in the Old Testament, Leviticus 19.17. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. But you shall not hate your brother in your heart. When we approach sin and we deal with sin with one another, we have to do it in love. We can't do it in hate. We can't do it in bitterness. We can't do it with jealousy. We can't do it with superiority. We have to do it with love. And why? Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus does it with love. He does it with love. Listen to what the Apostle John tells you and I. 1 John 2, 9 through 11, he says this way, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. (coughs) So verse 9 says, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. We can't do this. He says, you're not, you're not saved. You're still in darkness. If you, if you sit there and say that, that you love God, but you hate your brother, it doesn't make sense. You love God, but you hate the other one that God has saved? I mean, it's simple reasoning, isn't it? How can that work? It, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And that's what he's saying, that when we approach each other, we approach each other in this love that we, that we have for each other. And that in and of itself is love, right? When we see our brother sinning or our sister sinning, us to even approach them, that is love in itself because we're concerned for them. We're concerned for their walk. We're concerned with where they are with Jesus. 
to even approach and confront the sin is a loving thing to do. But it's a hard thing to do. But Timothy had to do that. He had to deal with it. Listen again in what John tells us about loving our brothers in 1 John 3, 11 through 15. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers. The world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that moan murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So we love our brothers and sisters when we confront sin, when we're dealing with them and their sin. It's love that we do it with. So when we approach an older man, we don't sharply rebuke him. We come to him as a father. We encourage him. When we go to a younger man, we come to him as a brother with encouragement also. The, the rebuke is still not sharp. It's not harsh, but it's in love. It's in caring for your brother and your sister. And now with the older women, Paul says this. He says, older women as mothers. We're to approach older women as mothers. Like I said, I would have, how I would approach my mom would be the same way as I would approach Brigetta. It would be the same way as I would have this honor for my mom, I would have this honor for her. Whenever we're dealing with sin, older women as mothers, Timothy was to deal with them in a manner which he would deal with his own mother, very gently. Very gently. None of us, guys, guys in here, none of us would deal with our mothers harshly, would we? We might deal with our dads harshly. We might deal with the older men harshly because we're men, right? We can handle it. Just bring it to me. (coughs) But we're never going to deal with a woman harshly if we have Christ indwelling in us. We're not going to deal with him harshly. I think of the woman in Mark, or uh, not Mark, but I think of the adulterous woman that was brought to Jesus. She was caught in adultery, and Jesus is drawn in the ground. You guys remember that story? And he says, you who are without sin, throw the first stone. And then they all walk away, and Jesus tells her, you know, to sin no more, go. He was gentle with her. This is how we are to deal with our mothers or older women, just that way, gently. Exodus twenty twelve, honor your father and your mother. We're to show her honor. Why? That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. When dealing with sin with older women, it's got to be with honor. They have a special place. We must honor them. But we must still deal with the sin. It's all in how we do this. 1 Timothy 5.3 says this way, honor widows who are truly widows. There's an honor there. Proverbs tells us to listen to our mother's teachings, right? This is just telling us who our mothers are and how we need to continue to approach this. 
<coughs> Proverbs 1.8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teachings. This is honoring her. Proverbs 6.20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teachings. They are wise also. They are wise also. So young Timothy, when you have to deal with the sin of an older woman, you approach her with honor and respect, just like you would your own mother. And what about the younger ladies? Deal with younger women as sisters in all purity. He brings in something, he says, in all purity. Older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Dealing with the younger women is tough. If you're a young pastor and you're dealing with a young woman, you need to have somebody there with you. Brothers, if you have to deal with a younger woman, don't do it alone. It's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to do this. Even as older pastors, this can be dangerous. There are many pastorates, there are many men who have fallen out of the pastorate because they did not guard their heart. They did not guard their eyes. This could be a downfall. We must be sure that we are never alone. Lust can destroy. And with dealing with younger women, we have to deal with it with all purity. We have to have the mindset that Job had. Job in Job 31.1 says this, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? We have to deal with the impurity. We have to deal with the younger women as sisters. Like an older brother protecting his younger sister. He's looking out for her. He's caring for her. He's watching out for her. The same way. Brothers and sisters, we need to care for each other in this way. As if this was my own sister. I'm going to come to her with love, with gentleness, with encouragement. I'm not going to come harshly and rashly. I'm going to consider the purity. This is how you deal with them. We need to treat them as if they were our own sisters. Dealing with sin can be a difficult endeavor. It can be a difficult endeavor. Whether you're dealing with an older man, a younger man, an older woman, or a younger woman, it is not fun because we are confronting sin in their life. But how we do it is key. It is key. So I just have a few thoughts to close with on ways that I think that we should be when we confront or we deal with somebody who's in sin. The first one I think is we be, that we are humble. We are humble people. We don't forget that we are sinners also. We have to remember that, that we sin also, that their sin is no grievous than ours. We have to be humble when we come to somebody, when we're dealing with sin. We cannot be prideful. We cannot be boastful. We cannot be arrogant. 
but we have to be relatable. We have to be able to humbly come and deal with sin. And the only way we do that is when we see that we are still in need of Christ. Secondly, we're not to come across as self-righteous. That is the problem that I see is that too many pastors nowadays, they come across as self-righteous. Oh, I don't sin. Oh, I have the degree. Oh, I've been through this seminary and that seminary. Oh, you should listen to me. Hey, look, don't come across self-righteous when you're dealing with sin. That's the big turnoff. That's the big turnoff is when you drop the hammer because you're so much better than them. We can't do that. We got to be sure that we don't come across as self-righteous. It's easy to do. Thirdly, we're to be gracious. We're to be gracious. Isn't that how we are saved by grace? Isn't that what God did to us as a sinner? He poured his grace upon us. When we look at the cross of Christ, that's what we see. We see God's grace hanging on that cross. And we have to keep that in mind when we're dealing with sin, that we have to be gracious to the one we're dealing with sin with. <coughs> we can't have a heavy-handed mentality. We have to have a Christ-minded mentality. We have to have a cross-centered mentality when we deal with sin. Fourth, we have to give the other person time to talk and think through stuff. That's important. You got to let the other person talk. You got to let them think through things. You got to let them deal with sin in their heart. You got to give room for the Holy Spirit to work. You have to give room for the Holy Spirit to work. You have to give room for the Holy Spirit to come in and convict. But when all you're doing is yammering, because you got to get your point across, because you got an agenda, because this is what we're going to do, that doesn't do any good. That shuts the person off. They fold their arms and they just say, fine, I'm done with you. That is not gracious. We have to give other people time to talk to and to think through it. In addition, we have to remember that you and I are not the authority. You and I are not the authority. We bring the authority. This is the authority. The word of God is the authority. Not my opinion, not my morality, not my ethics, not how I do it. It's what the Bible says. That's why we come with Scripture. Scripture is the authority. If we're dealing with sin and we bring somebody to the scripture and we show them their sin in the scripture, well, then if they got a problem with me, that's their problem. But their real problem is what the Lord just said. That's the problem. That's why we come with scripture, not with our own morality and our own ethics. When we deal with sin, whether it's with an older man, a younger man, an older woman, a younger woman, we come with scripture. That is the authority. And we must think before we speak. We must think before we speak. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. 
That's how we have to be. We have to see the person for who they are. We have to see their struggle. But if all that we are consumed with is what we have to say, then there's a problem. We have to think before we speak. Our words must be carefully used. They must be carefully used. Remember that Christ is the ultimate judge. You're not there to judge that person. You're there to what? What's it say? Encourage, right? Encourage. We're there to come alongside. We're there to appeal to them. We're there to exhort them, to encourage them, to repent, to quit sinning. That's what we are to do. We're to encourage them to do those things. We're not to be the judge of those things. If they fail to repent, does it go into, is there, does Christ give room for church discipline? Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a way that it must be handled within Scripture, and we must be sure that we use it the way that Scripture says to use it. But Lord willing, they will repent. But understanding that we are not the ultimate judge. And finally, we have to show a heart of compassion. We have to show a heart of compassion. Every one of us in this room, I think, sins. I think every one of us in this room has struggled with a particular vice in their life that we've had to deal with or that you're dealing with. We have to understand the struggle. And when we understand the struggle, we come with a heart of compassion. We are compassionate towards other people. That's what we have to do. We have to remember one thing, brothers and sisters, that when we deal with sin and we deal with sin in other people's lives, that we put Christ on display. Not your wisdom, not your morality, not your ethics, but we put the cross of Christ on display. Let's pray. Thank you again, Lord. Father, may we take your word, Lord, and take it to heart. Father, no matter where we are and what walk of life, may we honor you in everything that we do, Lord. May we show respect to the elders, whether women or men. And may we treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. Father, may we love each other. May we have a love for the brotherhood. Father, give us the strength to not wink at sin because you don't wink at sin. But Father, give us the strength to be merciful and gracious and compassionate because that is how you deal with us. So Lord, when we deal with sin, may we put you on glorious display. In your name.